Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Say goodbye to diluted creams and serums that are often made up of 70% water and 15% preservatives, leaving minimal space for the ingredients your skin craves. The scientists behind fiber skincare have spent 15 years perfecting nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. And just one year ago, they patented a way of wrapping these nanofibers around oil or liquid-based ingredients. The result was a formula that delivers five times more active ingredients compared to creams or serums with no need for fillers like water preservatives or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is a plant-based anti-wrinkle set of patches that you use over seven days, applying them just like your favorite serums. Your skin will feel tighter in 10 seconds, and over seven days, the program is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by by 19.4%. In fact, they have a tighter skin guarantee where if your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they will give you your money back, no questions asked. Go to fiberskincare.com and use code unfiltered for 15% off. As moms, we are often juggling a million and one things. With our kids going in a million different directions, and taking care of everyone else can mean that we often forget about ourselves. It's time to reclaim a little me time with some well-deserved self-care. And for us, that doesn't have to mean a lot. It can be picking a favorite product and taking a little extra time to do our daily routine. Dime Beauty offers clean, high-end skincare that is affordable, and it really works. Dime didn't sacrifice performance just to make it clean either. They are 100% transparent about every single ingredient, so you can use their products daily with confidence. You know we don't have the energy to remember the order of a 10-step routine, so we love that the work system keeps things simple for us and has everything you need in one powerful package with a gentle cleanser, a toner, two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. 
Dime has over 2 million happy customers and their beauty reviews are literally all five stars. If you haven't checked out Dime, it's time. Love your skin again. Go to dimebeautyco.com now and unlock your discount. That's dimebeautyco.com. I actually learned pretty quickly that working with grieving kids is a lot more fun than most people would anticipate. A lot of kids have a phenomenal ability to balance deep joy and deep sorrow, even in the hardest times of life. Hey guys, it is Monday and welcome to the CatNet Unfiltered podcast. And this is a special podcast because Nat and I started The Common Parent way back when, because when we had teenagers, we felt way over our head and like no one was talking about it. Toddlers and the younger ones, everyone had all the conversations and there was books. So The Common Parent is a community that we created for members where they can go and listen to amazing experts. Now, because we love our community so much, we wanted to bring over some of the experts so you could hear little snippets of them. We bring you one a Monday. If you're in the membership, you know that you get full access to them and you have a whole bunch of library in there. So if you're new here, go check out thecommonparent.com. And if you're not, you're going to take a listen to some of the experts that join us. Um, Really, it is about taking tools for your toolbox, quick hits, because a lot of us don't have time for a lot of books. And all the experts are so amazing that learning something that's actionable that day is like, ah, the best. So uh, this Monday, we hope you enjoy our expert and just sit back. Uh, We know it can be overwhelming. We know it can feel like a lot, but with the experts and the community and us, we all can do this together. Take a listen um, to our next expert right after this break. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. As moms, we are often juggling a million and one things. With our kids going in a million different directions and taking care of everyone else can mean that we often forget about ourselves. 
it's time to reclaim a little me time with some well-deserved self-care. And for us, that doesn't have to mean a lot. It can be picking a favorite product and taking a little extra time to do our daily routine. Dime Beauty offers clean, high-end skincare that is affordable, and it really works. Dime didn't sacrifice performance just to make it clean either. They are 100% transparent about every single ingredient, so you can use their products daily with confidence. You know we don't have the energy to remember the order of a 10-step routine, so we love that the work system keeps things simple for us and has everything you need in one powerful package with a gentle cleanser, a toner, two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. Dime has over 2 million happy customers and their beauty reviews are literally all five stars. If you haven't checked out Dime, it's time. Love your skin again. Go to dimebeautyco.com now and unlock your discount. That's dimebeautyco.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been following us, you know we are last minute planners when it comes to summer, except for this year. We even have one of our kids going to overnight camp for a month, a whole month. We're super excited for them, but we are getting anxious about not seeing them for that long. How will they cope? Will they make friends? Will they be homesick? We all have our own unique set of stressors varying in size and significance, yet when we hold on to them, they can gradually take a toll on our well-being. Fortunately, therapy provides a safe space where you can get things off your chest and find effective strategies to work through whatever is weighing you down. Therapy offers a place to discover strategies for stress reduction and balance in your life, helping you face life's challenges with new strength. Like when your tween goes to overnight camp for a month and you're trying to put on a brave face. If you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's completely online, designed for convenience, flexibility, and tailored to fit your schedule. Simply complete a short questionnaire to be matched with a licensed therapist, knowing you can switch therapists anytime at no extra cost. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash cat and nat today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash cat and nat. Well, we're so excited to have you on The Common Parent. I'm just going to tell everybody who we have here. This is Andrea and she is a registered psychotherapist whose passion lies in helping families and communities support people of all ages that are grieving illness and death of someone close to them. Um, Welcome to The Common Parent. It's, um, I feel like, um, you know, between Kat and I, we have seven kids. We also have, um, I don't think my mom or Kat's mom wants uh, to be referred to as this way, but the reality is we have aging parents and we have people in our lives that are going, um, going to pass. So, you know, being able to navigate that world is just something that I think doesn't come natural for, um, most people. I mean, just off the top, I, I remember all my life, like just going to a funeral is something I would just really, really rather not do. Um, and I want to let you talk, but I also want to, um, take into consideration for this, um, interview that we also want to look into, um, the, the mind of teen and tweens and the idea of grief and loss when it comes to relationships and friends. Mm 
because there must be some correlation because I know that our teen and tweens, their world is what's right in front of them. And that's what's the most important thing. And losing anything right there probably feels like a devastation. So if you can just give an overview of, you know, the work you do and, and all of that, that would be super helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I'm a registered psychotherapist and a registered nurse. I actually came to this work through nursing, um, working at sick kids in pediatric oncology um, and realized pretty quickly that part I was the least comfortable with was having like the hard conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, If kids would ask me, I had a few occasions where kids would ask me for the like 30 seconds that their parents stepped out of the room, am I dying? And it would just send me like right into my panic zone. Oh. I felt totally ill-equipped. Um, siblings asking questions. Sometimes parents like would turn to me. I call 2 a.m. in the nursing world, the vulnerable hour, um, where the biggest fears would often come up for people in the hospitals. And parents might turn to me and say, I don't even know how to tell my own parents what's happening to my kid right now. Um, and eventually I went back. I actually Googled masters of death and um up came this word thanatology I'd never heard of before, freaked the heck out of my Irish Catholic father. I was like, I'm going to go take a master's of death. And uh, everyone's like, what are you going to do with that? Which is a very valid question. It's a real conversation stopper typically when you have a master's of death. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I fortunately was able to come back to Toronto at a time where um, a wonderful palliative care doctor who's since died, Larry Liebrach, was starting um, a charitable organization specifically for counselors working with kids throughout the city of Toronto who had somebody dying in their life or were dying themselves. And so I really it was a steep learning curve because all of a sudden I was working with families, not only where somebody maybe had cancer, but there could have been an accident. There could have been a suicide or a substance use related death. And um, my whole job at this point was having the conversations. And um, I actually learned pretty quickly that working with grieving kids is a lot more fun than most people would anticipate. A lot of kids have a phenomenal ability to balance deep joy and deep sorrow, even in the hardest times of life. And, you know, as you said, Nat, it's... most of the work that I do, I'm now on a team of 25 grief therapists who sort of cover, um, provide services around Ontario. And we're very specific to grief related to an illness or a death. Okay. But I provide education to the youth I'm working with all the time that grief isn't limited to illness or death. It's any significant loss in your life. The friendships that you just referred to, you were, uh, my eldest was six when we moved from Toronto to Guelph. And for the first seven months, she was like, you of all people know what grief does to kids. Why would you do this to me? <laughs> she was six when she said that. Oh yeah. And like oh, repeatedly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I mean, and I feel like it's not even, unfortunately, there's so many things that we sort of like we prepare for, or we think about in parenting, but it's not until you're faced with either, you know, the loss of of a family member or the loss of, you know, your friends. And all of a sudden you're dealing with it. And those, that feels like it's so intense and you wish you could go back six months and have done your research and have already talked to someone like you, but you're faced with it. Like the act, like it's just, those the world blows up and you have to get into action really quickly yeah and I think the hardest part about that whether it's a friendship loss whether it's the death of a grandparent or a serious illness in the family um I find one of the most challenging parts of this work is Mm -hmm. 
preparing parents to bear witness to their child's pain and sorrow. Oh, it's so hard. It's so hard. And I think, you know, we're a quick fix society. And even myself recently, my youngest kid had let go of the Canadian tire balloon. Right. And there were like 72 other balloons. I could just, and she's freaking out. Like it's the end of the world. And my immediate instinct was like, I'm just going to buy another balloon and shut this whole thing down. And then I was like, wait a second. Like I do this all the time. Like don't wait for the big stuff. Just like, she's not going to cry forever about the balloon. And so I just held her and I was like, yeah, it really sucks. It's really disappointing, you know, and, and it did pass. And oh my gosh, can you talk more about that? Like, cause I mean, I think that just, like you said, as a society, not even talking specifically about grief and loss, but in everything we need to, we feel like we need to move fast. We want to make things better. We just want to patch it up, but there must be, I mean, there, I'm, I I think I know, but there is absolutely something about um, your child going through the journey and feeling the feelings. So like, what's the, what's, you know, what, what's the advice there? What's the insight on, on allowing them to feel? Well, I think it takes a bit of a reframe as opposed to actually feeling that that's going to be detrimental in any way to them. It's actually building up their capacity to learn that they can experience suffering and sorrow as a human and survive it. Yeah. Consistently see how detrimental it can be to underestimate that and, and to not like if we're so quick to rush in and fix or even you know, I do this Q&A once a month where it's free. People can come and ask questions about supporting grieving kids. And not long ago, somebody asked, they were like, we're about to give our kid really hard news. I think one of the parents is dying. And we just need oh. to know, like, if they're really upset, like, what do we do? How do we fix it? Right. Like, this is not a fix it proposition, right? Like, that's not your job. You don't want to rush in there and be like, okay, well, we're going to go to Disney though in three months, or let's go watch a movie or get ice cream. What I want you to do is just stay with them let them be sad, validate makes complete sense that they're devastated or angry or whatever's coming up right now. Um, and, and not move to rush them away from it. Cause in doing that, you underestimate their ability to actually learn that we, as humans, we, we can do this. We can feel really big, hard stuff and we can survive it. And that's a real learning. I mean, it's one thing to intellectually say it to somebody, but that's something, I mean, I had a teenager just recently who she was like, Whoa, I'm starting to do a lot of grief and I actually feel a bit of a release after doing so. Yeah. And I can only imagine the experience of going through it is going to make you a more evolved um, adult that's prepared for this stuff. And then especially when, when you have kids and things like that go through that, is there a certain way that um, children typically experience grief or is there all sorts of ways? Yeah, I mean, there's some, it's really individual, and yet there's some really general trends as well. And the younger the kid, the usually, um, the better they have that ability to do um, what I refer to sometimes as puddle jumping. It's like when they're in the grief, it's massive, it feels like an ocean, it's huge. Again, very hard as a parent to bear witness to that. And then they jump out and they're like, I want to go play Lego. And this could be like seven minutes after learning that mom has been diagnosed with breast cancer or whatever the situation is. Um, so they'll they'll go back and forth really quickly. Teens are a little bit slower to make those transitions and adults tend to feel like guilty the first time they laugh after somebody dies or having a good time or whatever else, right? And so I, I often say to people like, 
you know, I've learned a lot from watching how young kids do grief, to be honest. Right. And just that there is that phenomenal ability to balance joy and sorrow. And I make that part of all of like whenever I'm talking to kids and really even adults about grief, I'm like, grief includes all kinds of feelings. Like this is like, we got to throw those five stages. Kubler-Ross did some good stuff, but the five stages were quite detrimental. So throw that concept out the window. Okay. A lot messier than that, right? Acceptance can be totally elusive. Some people have very healthy grief processes and never experience anything that resembles acceptance. It can just be a mess where we have to get out of our heads and sometimes surrender into the feeling and stop trying to control everything so much. And when you're least expecting it, you may find yourself having a giggle burst or having a really good time. And that's a part of grief too. It doesn't mean you're happy because this person died or because you're not friends with this person anymore. It means it's okay to be happy, even though those things have happened in your life. Oh my gosh. It's almost like, it's almost like, um, adults need to be inspired by the way kids go through it because they don't, They just, they just are, and they don't overthink what they should be doing or how they should be grieving. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. So we had also heard... Um that it can be very, it can be harder on like on children the the divorce of a family or like the leaving of a parent, um, not necessarily for death, um, than actually someone dying. Like, what do you? I mean, Cat I, I, and my parents are were both divorced. Uh, my, the way how my divorce happened was like basically as far as I remember it, it was one day he was just gone. So the idea of like, if he's dead or he's gone, like either way, like, you know, what's the difference in the feeling and do they feel kind of the same to a young kid or talk Mm -hmm. to me? Yeah, I think whether it's a divorce, whether it's a death, 
Um, you know, I think that it really depends on how it goes down. Right. Some of the biggest factors, right? Like in that situation now, I would have said like, it probably would have been really helpful if somebody had prepared you beforehand, yeah. if that, that can always happen. Right. But if it could, like kids do much better with preparation, right? right? So whether someone's dying or a family is separating, I always want kids to be finding out first from the adults that they're closest to. I'll wow. say parent, but I'm really speaking like very inclusively of anybody who's raising a kid, uncle, foster dad, whoever it is. Um, but the closest trusted adults in the child's life are the ones who should be delivering that information. And quite often I find myself saying to parents, like, you don't want your kid accidentally finding out through the schoolyard or the neighbor talking yes. or hearing your phone call. And it's standard for me in my practice. I always ask kids, like, how did you find out about the divorce? How did you find out about um, right. the death or the illness? And like, they're like little detectives. Tons. I could write a book oh. on all the things kids have told me about how they found out. Oh my gosh. And their parents have no idea. It's like, it's kind of like when I, when my mom sat me down in like grade three and taught me about sex and thought it was the first time I'd heard about it. I was like, I I mean, Kristen told me, I, Kristen told me about a blowjob a year ago in grade two, but I'm going to sit here and pretend I don't know anything. Exactly. Guess what, mom? (laughs) And it looks like they're on their iPad, but they're really listening to your phone conversation. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. That's where a lot, I won't say all, but a lot of the families I work with, sometimes parents will come to me first and they'll say, we haven't told them about the diagnosis yet. And then I'll meet with the kids and I'll say, what's your understanding about what's happening? And they know so much, not always accurate. And, And that's where, you know, I could also write a book about all the things kids think that they've done that caused the separation, that caused the illness, that caused the death, right? Every, I've heard everything from, you know, mom yelled at me to clean up my room so much. And then she got throat cancer Oh gosh. and then she died. And so if I had cleaned up my room and, and this is why not, I think it's so essential that we have conversations with kids because they do hear things, but if we're not giving them the information, they will fill in the blanks with their imaginations. Oh, that's so true. Don't underestimate them. Yeah. So what about when we're thinking about, um, you know, in this, uh, group, like I said in the beginning, and we were talking about the loss, you moved, um, to another place. The idea of these teenagers who have like one day they have someone that they consider their best friend, or we could also do like boyfriend and they get a text and it is like the people, that person that was the most important person in their world is gone from their life. And as parents, we're like, move on, get a new friend. There'll be lots of boys like dismiss these really um, intense feelings because we forget what it's like to feel that way. What is like, how can we help them through that? Is what they're going through really important? Does it feel big? And how can we help them move through? Do we need to be a part of it? Do we need to leave them alone? Do we need to push them? Yeah, I mean, I'll speak from clinically. I'll say my eldest is 12 and I feel like I'm just delving into these waters myself as a parent, which is a big friggin' learning for me, um, even though I do this work. And so, you know, overall, what I would encourage and what I try to practice is like, don't fall into the fix it trap. Like, don't just be like trying to fix the problem and like move them beyond it. It feels big. It is big. Friendship Mm -hmm. loss is a big, significant loss. I sometimes will use the language, it's overly academic, but very important, disenfranchised grief. And disenfranchised grief is grief that isn't recognized, which has additional complications. And I actually think- Disenfranchised grief. Yeah, 
disenfranchised grief. What's the definition of that again? So it's basically grief that's not recognized. Okay. Sometimes, now it could be that somebody's in an affair with somebody and okay. that partner dies or kids in school are in a relationship oh. and nobody even knows, or maybe they're in a same sex relationship that okay. nobody knew about and that relationship breaks up or that person oh. dies. Um, sometimes it's the griever themselves are disenfranchised. They're not given a right to grieve. I find sometimes young kids, we push them to the sidelines. They're like, they don't need to know grandpa's dying. They don't need to come see him and say goodbye or go to the funeral because they won't even remember. And I'm always like, well, they may not remember, but that's going to be an important part of their story as yeah. to whether they were there, you know, and that's where with teens and tweens, like I don't hesitate to use that language and say, you know, there's this thing called disenfranchised grief. Um, which is sort of this psychological concept of Daniel Siegel's like name it to tame it. And sometimes just giving it a name can be pretty powerful. And I'll say, you know, I find in my life as well, like sometimes friendship loss can be one of the most disenfranchised types of grief. It's a big loss, but it's not like somebody died right. or just divorced. So pe often people are just kind of like brushing it aside and that's hard. And my best advice for you yeah. um, is to allow yourself to do grief, allow it to feel shitty. I don't know. Can right. I say that here? I, yeah. I, so yes, you can. Okay. Um, so, you know, like, just allow it to be that hard. And, and that's where I'd say, you know, another sort of toughest part of this job is whether I'm working with like a 64 year old or like a four year old is convincing them that there's actually utility in doing grief, that okay. it will serve you well. And so usually what I'm telling those parents is don't try to brush your kid right past it. Right. Just validate. That's hard. That's really, that really sucks. If you want to talk about it, I'm here. And I, my right. big job is listening. Yeah. If they don't want to talk about it. And I find that hard as a parent too, we're contending with some of that right now, <laughs> but like, yeah. and if you don't want to talk about it, that's okay too. But I'm going to be invitational and let you know if you change your mind on that at any point, I'm here. I mean, I know that was a short snippet, like, you know, not long, but I do want to let you know the value of listening to experts where we curate the experience for you because topics can feel so overwhelming. And when you get a mom's perspective that we're all concerned about, you know, often experts deep dive into like one topic and we're like, but wait a minute, what can we do right now? And how can we fix this? And can you help us? And that's really what about the com the common parents about is normalizing it and giving you guys quick information. And if you are not someone who can listen to audio all the time, but I think you are because you're listening to this, we email you, we give you quick um, roundups and always things that are cutting edge. And we just really appreciate all of you being here. I hope you learned something today and we hope you have a wonderful day or night wherever you may be.